been a while friends welcome back to the vanity podcast uh this is my first like real episode back in quite some time so i'm glad uh you're here i've got a guest with me today kevin bigley from the fantastic amazon prime original series upload if you're not watching this series you're seriously missing out kevin i first became aware of your work on the series sirens on the usa network and I don't know if this is a good thing for you or not, but my wife and I loved that show and it got canceled. So we love this one too. So I don't know if that bodes well or not. Oh man, I hope so. Uh, I, I, I hope it bodes all right. But yeah, I, I think it's it's always, it's an impossible thing to, to gauge. I, you know, with Sirens, it felt like we had a following, but it felt maybe perhaps a little more niche than Upload does. I'm getting a lot of messages and things from people from like all over the world, which is really cool. And even just from like my own perception, I've been recognized a whole lot more. With Sirens, I would definitely get EMS people who would be like, oh, hey, you know, I saw the show and all that. But like, I just went to uh, on a little road trip with my buddy to Arizona and like literally every place that we stopped, somebody was like, dude from Upload, you know, like it was, so that was pretty funny. So it feels just like it's, it's a little bit, bigger so hopefully that that bodes well is it weird for you when someone comes up to you and is like hey upload how how does that interaction usually go are you just like yep <laughs> like yeah i'm not like i i'm i even hesitate to even say fan. i would say like i'm not big enough to where it could get really that creepy it seemed like knock on wood um like every everybody just like it's it, it's like a they get over it really quick <laughs> they're like <laughs> suspicions confirmed you know like maybe if i was robbie it would be a little bit crazier but they're just like hey you the dude from upload or they'll be like luke and i'll be like yep and they'll be like all right later like (laughs) or like you know somebody at starbucks the other day was like are you the guy from upload i was like yep he was like awesome here's your coffee (laughs) it's like that's it (laughs) in one picture just wanted to know you know like just to make sure yeah so it's very it's been very chilly you know that's good I read, and again, this is Wikipedia, so it could be right or wrong because it's Wikipedia. It said you got into comedy and acting as a defense mechanism against <laughs> bullying. Is that real? My my wife and I laugh at that so much just because I think I said it in an interview back in like 2013. Once, right? Yeah, just like off kilter. I was like, that won't stick. And it did. And, and uh, I guess because it's on it's on Wikipedia. So we laugh about it. <laughs> yes, I was bullied as a kid just because I was super small. No, no more than probably your average small kid, chubby kid, whatever. I had I had my little crew of friends and I grew up in this place in Northern California that was just kind of just very rural and a little a little rough around the edges. And uh, there was a lot of a lot of fighting. So it was just kind of I kept getting in fights and it just became one of those things where it was like, are you going to keep doing this? Because you're getting your ass kicked. <laughs> like it's not, it's not, you're not winning. Um, so then I kind of became kind of a smart ass and um, that led to more ass kickings for sure. <laughs> but then trying to figure out a way to um, balance the two, I guess. And then I was boxing for a good while and I really wanted to be a boxer, but then um, I have this really cool little, little thing uh tucked away somewhere around here that's like a vhs that's like when you had your tape that you could record stuff you know like shows that you like and i was recording all these fights and everything but then i was like i wanted to maybe be a commentator so i would record fights and then i would watch them back and i would 
take the volume off, you know, I just mute it. And I would like comment over a fight that I already knew the outcome, you know, <laughs> and then, but then I was trying to be like funny when they were doing, you know, to myself, I wasn't doing, doing this with anybody. And then it's funny. You watch the tape and it slowly becomes more SNLs and premium blends and, you know, things like that. I've been in, in radio since 2003 and I found some cassettes. I don't know when I moved into this house, so it was about 10 years ago. My friend uh -huh. and I, would do our own radio show just onto like a cassette with a cassette player. And it was the dumbest shit. Like I listen to it now. I'm like, thank God I'm not famous because if I was, it would get out and they'd be like, listen to this guy. It's the coolest thing though, to be able to, we used to make little movies and stuff with our, our friend's video camera, you know, like, and that was when video cameras were so expensive. Like one family with a little bit of money had one or whatever, or, you know, it's like, so yeah, they had the massive, you know, where the, it was the vhs tape was what you were putting in there so you would have to you doing takes and stuff you had to rewind and find the right place so we'd do those little little movies and things it was cool and like make little uh fake commercials like we saw on snl it was fun we called our show weird radio and it was terrible like it's i almost <laughs> want to run into that friend i haven't seen him in a while like we went to elementary school together I'd be like hey man uh i found our old radio show and it's just so terrible it uh it's bits it it's it's awful can you imagine if you had an iphone now like, like then like you would do i mean we would have shot movies and using iMovie and all that it would have been you could have done so much stuff i mean i guess that's why there's so much stuff on youtube but we would have loved it we've totally just been shooting stuff constantly we loved it so i want to ask you about a show that i don't understand how this didn't happen friday night dinner with mm -hmm. tony shalhoub allison janney 10 years ago now a pilot was shot from what I, again, Wikipedia yeah. pilot was shot. 10 years ago today, I would have been still waiting for whether or not it was going to get picked up, which everyone was telling me that it was going to get, that was my first big, big network job, which was getting cast amongst those people. Greg was a hero of mine and, and also, and is, and this still remains, but like that was also during a time in which the office was popular, but it wasn't as big as it, is now you know now it's considered like cheers or mash or you know like friends and all that one of the greatest sitcoms of all time it's bigger now than it was when it was on yeah netflix just really made it blow up so it's everyone's it's like our our cultural comfort food now but back then it was like i mean i was a huge office fan and i knew all of greg's previous work so I, I, his, the years he worked at SNL, I were on my little tape, you know, like, and I had, had recorded Simpsons episodes too, you know, like, uh, Homer Badman and all, you know, all of his stuff that he had done that were his episodes and things I knew, I knew that what they were. So of course I watched King of the Hill and, but like, yeah, I, 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 I was really nervous going into that and, um, and it was such a cool experience, but it was also a good experience to learn, uh that like nothing is surefire because we were i was so naive i was in like the makeup chair in the makeup departments sitting there just being like i heard that they've already picked it up they just haven't announced it you know like all that stuff and you're like oh wow you know like start buying your house kid kind of thing and like my, my life's about to change you know i'm going up to the valet stand where i was working and you know, I was like, I think this is pretty much it. You know, I guess, guess I'll give it, give it, you know, a park cars for a couple more months and uh, wait for the pickup in May, go to the upfronts and my wife and I, you know, we'll get a house. And, and then I just told that it's not going forward. I had to go back and be like, Hey, so can I get some more shifts? Because, <laughs> you know, it was rough. 
did you just shoot one episode like the pilot and that was it yeah we just did a pilot we shot on uh, the cbs radford lot so that was like we were in the offices that that they were doing um they were, where they were doing parks and rec so mike sure was there and everything mindy kaling was around and i uh, saw offerman and everything. when we did the tests you do you know before you get the part you test amongst other candidates or people actors who were going, going for the part so usually the deal is that you know you go into a room just like any other audition it's more of a work session and you kind of figure out what kind of tape they're going to send over to network and they give you thumbs up to thumbs down but because Greg had so much power at the time over at NBC, because it was going to be an NBC show, uh, we got to shoot our test like a shooting day. Like it was, you were shooting, you were filming it. They had two cameras, you know, like they were going to present scenes to network, which was unheard of at the time. I think still is. It would be probably very weird to do it now. But we were shooting in Andy and April's dining room in Parks and Rec. <laughs> Which was just so, it's such a, it's, he, it's, it's not a power move from Greg, but like, it feels like it, you know, like it just felt like so much pressure. It was, and then I walked into the waiting room and it's like going up for that part. It's me, Ike Barinholtz and John Heater, Napoleon Dynamite. It was just like, well, I'm not getting this. Like, there's no way. So when I got it, it was like a shock, but it was also just one of the coolest experiences because Chalub and Janny were like awesome. Greg was great. It was just a really cool, cool deal. So from your time, like working with Greg and meeting him and and kind of like the, I guess, relationship that was started there, is that what, because I know Upload is a Greg Daniels show. Mm-hmm. Did he have you in mind for this or did you audition for it? Like how did this come, how did Upload come about for you? I was just kind of bouncing around looking for the next job, I think. And then I, uh, I got uh, an audition and uh, I went in for Rachel Tenner, great casting director. I went in for her and, and, um, and she saw me and I had mentioned that, you know, I'd worked with Greg before and she was like, on my way back to my house, this is also kind of rare. She was like, can you actually go in today for the callback and, and Greg will be there. And I, I immediately, maybe probably fairly cocky. This was 2017. Not that I was cocky then, <laughs> probably, but like, uh, just to give uh, background, but like it was 2017 and I was like, that's how long we've been working on the show. But I was like, oh, callback right away. Well, Greg must know that it's me. Same that, day. You know, he's yeah, like same day I, in an hour. I got to be there. And I was like, yeah, cool. I, he probably knows I'm there, you know, or no, like maybe he was thinking of me for a part. I don't know. That'd be cool. So I show up and he had no idea that I was supposed to be there. <laughs> he was like, oh, cool. Interesting. Which part are you reading for? I was like, oh, Jesus. But yeah, I think I was the first one to read for Luke. I think there was something funny with that, that it was like the first person to read for Ingrid was Allegra. And she was the person who got the part. And the last person to read for Nora was Andy. And she and she got the part. And I was the first one to read for Luke. She brought, uh, Greg and I caught up real quick. I did the scene a couple of times. He gave me a note. And then he brought in Robbie to do a, chem, a chemistry read. And um, we got along right away. Um, so ended up working out but i wasn't a series regular when i when we did the pilot we didn't he didn't know who was gonna get neither was zainab you know there was this idea he said he was like well you know this is a recurring could be you know he was like kind of i want to shoot it and then think about it and see who i want these people to go on adventures with interesting and so uh he added a scene for me which was cool just a, a little button near the end of the pilot episode 
And then I got an email from him in, in the summer of 2018. He was like, are you around? Because you, you might have some stuff going on. I was like, yeah, I'm around. I was like, didn't have a job. I was like, please employ me. And, uh, and yeah, so we got a call that we got picked up. I got bumped up to regular as did Zaynab. What's funny because my wife and I got into the show within the last two months or so. Like we completely missed the boat on it when it first hit Amazon Prime. And a friend of mine, a really good friend of mine, she's like, hey, have you seen Upload? I was like, no, what's it about? She's like, eh, just watch it. I'm like, okay, because it's kind of hard to describe mm -hmm. in like, you know, describe the show in three sentences. You're like, well, just watch it. And I think what what's so endearing about it is the chemistry between the cast as they kind of learn how to interact with each other and kind of themselves in this completely new world that is is foreign to them and kind of figuring out, holy shit, we're, we're dead, but we're here. How do you approach a role like that? Because it's not like you can go, okay, I'm playing a, I don't know, a baseball player. I'm going to go work out with a team for a while. Like for something like this, there's not really a way you can prep for it in real life. It was really challenging. Like the fir my first day on set with um, the pilot, I had a monologue and Greg was like, okay, hey, so when you do this monologue, he was directing that day. He was like, we're going to change then to and, and we're going to do, you know, like just making little changes and you're like, okay, cool. I'll say that. He was, and then someone else would come up and be like, also when you're pointing to the torrent, what that is, is going to, that's going to be a waterfall of data. And that's going to be, there's four windows and don't point to that window or that it has to be that window because that's the one that we put the exact tape up so that we can do the image. Right. And then, uh, then the cinematographer came up to me and was like, make sure when you whip around and point to the torrent, you're pointing to just the right of the window, but then come back. Cause it's going to be shallow framing. So like when you whip back, like don't move a whole lot. You know, and then Greg is like, you know what, go back to then compared to, Ant you know, it was just like, it was just like they're all, 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 not to make it sound like, like the hardest job in the world, but mm. there are all these little things where you're just using your imagination a lot of the times and you're trying to just kind of get through the whole thing. It was just more of a one foot in front of the other mentality and trust that they're going to do something awesome. You know, like for the gray zone, when we actually head into the gray area of the gray zone, it's just a room that's just green screen. Like I have no idea what it's going to look oh, like any of this is going to look and i just would ask here and there I'd be like what am i looking at what what am i touching you know like what what's i don't know what's happening you know like i have no idea uh when when luke gets like flung out the window in episode five season two it was an all green screen thing and i was on a court like i don't know how any of it's gonna look but you just have to trust that they're gonna but i i just focus on the dynamic i think uh, I, I i think luke just has to be has to be funny for it to be a comedy, the comedic characters have to be funny. So like, I have to focus on that. Zainab focuses on that. And, 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 you know, that allows wiggle room for Nathan and for Ingrid. Both of them can be funny, but they don't, they don't have to be just mostly comedic characters, but that allows them to do what, whatever they need to do. I mean, obviously it's a comedy, but it's definitely got some heavy stuff happening in there too, overlaid across this premise of death. It's a comedy about death, but it's about making these people kind of appreciate the fact that they have a quote-unquote second chance, but also the life that they had. And these characters playing multiple versions of themselves as well. I assume it's difficult enough playing a character in a show, let alone like these multiple versions of 
their their lifetime, I guess, if you want to call it that. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot for them to kind of take on. I think you know what's really cool is I think we're getting more specific about what the show is about. Like as we continue to do it, we've we've figured out the show and we figured out where it fits in to zeitgeist or society and that like the think pieces or whatever that like there's one in time magazine and new york times did one too you know like the usa did it we're getting these little cool interesting write-ups that something i never got with sirens right that like this is more when we first came out some of the knocks that we got were about uh it just being another afterlife show but it's funny because the idea of an afterlife show or movie that's become kind of a subgenre, you know, like you can have multiple things where there's, we, we're very, that's just a thought that we've always had is what, what, you know, what happens after we die. And I'd say that what's interesting and, and fun to watch with upload is that while there are big themes about the afterlife and that's kind of a setting, it's really more about tech. And, and as we've discovered that niche and how like this, the red tape's been cut for these big corporations, you know, that can kind of run away with it. Yep. The satire that comes into that all in this setting of, you know, of permanence when it comes to death, it is, is that allows us to do a whole lot and makes it a little bit deeper. It doesn't need to be just about, you know, Nathan and Nora, one's dead, one's alive. How do they get together in the end? There's a whole lot more going on in regards to what is happening with this company and uh, and literally selling your soul to a bigger corporation and what they what they do with it. It shows too that even in death, there's a a class structure or a class hierarchy, regardless of like if you're in the the two gigs. You know, you're living this life where, yeah, you get to live forever, but is it really little? You know, is it better than? I don't want to say is it better than being dead because that's kind of morbid, but there's still this like class structure, right? Like if you have the money, you're living this better afterlife than, than you were if you're, you know, your average schmo or poor person. When we did the table read uh, for the first season, so we got to read most of the season. I think we read like six or seven episodes. It was a long day. And like, I was so pumped driving home because I was like, oh, I think it's going to work. I think it's really going to work. And the reason I thought it was going to work was because it felt like the, the, the tech didn't quite work. And there were, there were all of these flaws to the sci-fi element, you know, like the, the idea that, that this, this corporation has this much power and there is this, this class system and the tech is, is glitchy. It just felt like that's the kind of sci-fi that you want to see. It was kind of, to me, always felt like what was wrong with, you know, the prequels for star Wars versus the older stuff was that there was this, just this sheen on everything that didn't used to be there. You know, like, I mean, it felt like the first star Wars, it was like, they were, you know, it felt like they were all blue collar to a degree, I mean, with the except for, exception of Leia, the empire and everything, you know, like for sure. But like, these were all, they felt like it felt space felt dirty and, 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 and the millennium Falcon was a trash heap, you know, it was like a terrible ship that was really fast or something, you know, that was what was kind of cool. And then it, everything gets glossed over with the prequel. So for me, I, with sci-fi, sometimes it becomes about how cool the tech is 
And Greg thinks of that of like more so he's not a very techie person, but when he thinks of like the phones and stuff, he's like, well, of course, this seems like what the, what uh, this is the next step, but then finding the flaws in it and how things won't work, create an inherent comedic device, you know, like of how, and that also makes it much more real because tech doesn't, or, you know, our phones are constantly messing up. What's funny because in the first, I can't remember when the, when, which episode showed the attempted download, (laughs) but you learn real quick that that is not a process that you want to roll the dice on. And then when uh, Nathan is being uploaded, you don't really expect it to, his head's gone like that and his body Mm -hmm. falls forward and his girlfriend and mom just scream their heads off. You almost don't expect that to happen, but it's funny. Like I started just laughing at that part because it's so unexpected, but it's like, oh, that's how you get uploaded. Yeah, the stakes of the world kind of rear their ugly heads, you know, every now and then, but not all the time. You know, you, you are reminded that they are dead or that, that this technology is kind of potentially a, 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 an evil thing, you know, but not at all times. Something, two other shows I thought that they kind of did that really well that lull you into complacency and they surprise you were like, you know, like The Walking Dead early on. And then you had Last Man on Earth was one of my favorite shows just because it was a comedy and they were building this world, you know, like in, in, uh, uh, last man on earth they were you know they were breaking into grocery stores and eating all this food and doing all this zany stuff with blowing things up but then all of a sudden you get an injury and now what's going to happen you know like actually th- this isn't fun anymore we it's, it is an apocalypse you know like in walking dead they make this little community and all and lull themselves into complete the, the danger component doesn't exist and then all of a sudden the Surprise. world reminds them that yeah that it does so that's kind of cool. I think it's something that Greg's really good with not overusing it, you know, but that layer of danger is is always there. I'm sure you've been asked this a dozen times, but is there a tech from the show that you wish we had in our world, in the real world? Um, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> that's I mean, that's all, fair. It all seems so, it all seems so freaky. Um, like our tech, I think the phone thing on the hand for sure but like i feel like that would glitch really badly and also like like i go back and forth like i'm using my phone a lot and then i'm not trying not to use it but if i had it just like on a bracelet like on my uh, um, the one cool thing we did that was like a throwaway all of our throwaway stuff's really interesting which is uh i think it was in the first episode it was like uber but for like bikes like you could call a bike an electronic bike would come riding up to you and then you would get on it and you could just bike to where you're going to go. And then you just kind of hit a button and it just kind of goes on its way. That's probably five years away. If that, I bet you we can already do it. Like that's, what's crazy is it seems like every time Greg puts something in his script, it almost comes true, you know, just because he's looking at was it like scientific American, he's looking at those headlines and he's just, it doesn't take that crazy of of an imagination to see where these things are going so yeah a lot of the tech and things he just kind of pushes things logically forward my wife said she wished that the food printing was real because every (laughs) every night when like we both get home from work what do you want to make for dinner i don't know what do you want to make for dinner just go you know what let's make i don't know spaghetti boop hit a button boom there it is i literally did that 
like went to had to do one of those grocery runs right before I jumped on with you where it was like oh, crap I have to go run I have to I know I have to get coconut aminos and then we'll see if there's any sesame oil you know like oh damn it they're out of ginger like the whole thing you know all the ingredient components just to be able to just kind of have a but that was the funny thing too is the flaw was that they had that in in our uh in our show they had a steak and they were like i think your fat cartridge is low you know like it right. all has like this that little those little pieces of um you know it, there's so many components that need to work for that thing to taste good i'm sure you can't talk about this but when will you know if there's a season three um i mean i'm sure that's a loaded question and if you do it is a loaded question i i yeah i think um i think i i don't know how much i can can divulge about like contract stuff but usually they there's a, there's something within a contractual agreement where they have a certain amount of time and usually it ranges from the day you wrapped shooting on the last season gotcha if you look at like when we kind of all posted when we were done you know that we should be kind of getting to that point where but i think that like they seem very excited. You know, Greg is, we already have a, a writer's room that's been going since October. So there's a lot of really nice indications. I think I'm, I'm saying nothing that people don't already know or that's already out there, but um, you know, there's the Forbes just did an article that we were uh, number one in the country in, in the UK for a few weeks there. I think we're still, we're just still up there. And it's one of those things that's a show that, I think I, it seems like we got more people watching it this season because it stays on Amazon. So that's what's nice about being on a streamer. You know, you're not off the air. You're always on. People just are still finding you. So I don't know. It seems like we have a lot going for us that's really positive. So hopefully um, we're allowed to keep going. But they seem excited. They seem pumped. I was going to say, and there's not the gap between one and two or the gap between two and three that there was between one and two. Yeah, that was that was ridiculous. I think it was definitely, you know, it was I think when we got picked up in we premiered and then got picked up in May of 2020. And then we wanted the goal was to shoot in the fall, but we couldn't because of COVID until uh, January and then really end of January because we had to quarantine forever. So that happened. We had two weeks of quarantine and then a week of pre-production so then we weren't even really starting to the last week of january oh wow and then we had to cut the season short because of covid you know we weren't vaccinated and uh canada was just a little bit slower with their rollout than than the u.s so we had to shoot that unvaccinated and and vancouver was great until near the end it just slowly went up 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 so it got really bad so then they decided they're like you know what let's just get you guys out and they were really happy with where they were happier with where the episode seven was for as a finale than episode eight. There were some things that they wanted to potentially grow a little bit and not, there was some stuff that we were trying to kind of meatloaf into a, into <laughs> a, a, a season, into a, 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 the eighth episode that it was like, Oh, these would kind of be cooler. If maybe if they were these storylines specifically spanned, a few episodes for a potential season three. So they, um, it, it, but it was mostly COVID. <laughs> I was going to say just, the, the way it COVID. ended was it's a good ending. If there's more, cause I want to know what's yeah. happening. And yeah. then before we were talking about like the CGI part of stuff where, you know, 
pointing at the torrent because obviously you're not acting with that behind you. Mm. The scene in the last episode when your character is having his G-rated dreams, you're completely green screen. So are yeah. you just acting to where should I point? Yeah, I was like, what am I looking at? You know, I'm going to kick I'm gonna kick a mushroom at one point. And I was right. like, I'm pointing at what is it? Is it a tomato? It's like a giant talking thing. And they're like, oh, yeah, just imagine like blues clues and giant hands going to come in. And I was just like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. You know, like, I mean, I, have, I used to have no idea. I think there was one thing, you know, like Robbie is doing like the Iron Man stuff, you know, when like, like moving that kind of stuff all around and, you know, like all the hologram tech. And um, there was like at one point, I think in, in season one, like it, maybe it was episode two or three. It was like when we went to his funeral mm -hmm. and Ingrid, threatens to delete his consciousness or avatar or whatever and she has to pull up his receipts or whatever and she goes you know she she just does it really quick and but like then and like goes through it she does it way too long she goes what about this what about that and they like had to cut and they stopped and they pulled allegra aside and they're like yeah if you if we were to animate all that that would be about a hundred thousand dollars so try to just make it really quick just hit two buttons you know like it's just like one of those things so like you don't you get to imagine like it's crazy what they can put over oh, yeah. everything. Um, you don't even need green screen a lot of the time, but at the same time you're kind of like, what am I looking at? What's it going to look like? You know, like how can I help you guys out? You know, I like they told her dial it. Back. This isn't a Marvel movie. Just you need to dial it back a little bit. Yeah, exactly. We're like, <laughs> well, it's still TV. Outside of upload, let's say perfect world, they come to you and say, what's your dream role? collaboration project it's almost like a uh, an acting blank check and they say what do you want to do what is it an acting blank check that would be my wife and i just shot a short film that got recently just got into a, a festival over in dallas called the usa film fest so we're going to that but we've written a feature for it i've written a feature for it she directed the short and uh and we both acted in it and like I said, I grew up in a place that with it's a little bit rougher around the edges and um, Sutter County, the uh, Yuba Sutter area. And, uh, you know, just like it's it's just very blue collar, very dust bowl trailers, the whole nine. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, but the, well, I wrote this feature where it's like, I don't know, I feel like that's that it to me, it feels a lot like uh, that Jeff Nichols kind of stuff like shotgun stories mud and all that and i just want to do I, I i would love if upload just keeps going and going and going but i would love to do that stuff on the side just because that's just feels like it's just very much me it's very much in in touch with that and uh so we're hoping that we can we can make a, a movie about I, I i imagine that's probably me shooting low i should probably say i want to play batman or something <laughs> but um but we have enough batman uh i don't think we you need me stepping into the suit. Not that I'm against it, uh, but I, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't have any, any, any like superhero I'd really want to play. Well, I would. I just don't have any that are off the top of my head. That I'm like, oh man, I've always wanted to. I mean, I had. I always loved Venom. Oh yeah. Deadpool and everything. Those were my favorites. But they got very competent people playing them right now. And so, don't worry, yeah. I, I won't edit Wikipedia and say. He's going to play. He wants to play Batman. He's camp <laughs> campaigning for He's Batman. He's got his eyes on the dark night. Yeah, exactly. No. Uh, I saw on your Instagram guitar player. Oh, now, yeah. Now, Andy, did you ever get to jam with her? Because she played with a pretty well-known uh, musician, Prince. 
he's going to be something someday that prince i think uh, he's got uh, a real shot <laughs> yeah 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 uh, we we talked about it we've talked guitar playing we've never we've never played and owen daniels plays drums very well too but we have also never played together i've tried to get him out that uh, you know i brought my i have a, a jazz master that i brought with me up there uh to vancouver where we shot so i was playing a lot of guitar and um andy i think has become more and more acoustic i don't know a whole lot of like the funk rhythm and everything but i would be i would love to play with her or something but yeah she's and i think she's very much she's she, i think she brought her acoustic but yeah it would be a terrible band but i, I feel like yeah <laughs> i would love to to play together yeah that's like my that is my outlet for like to calm down because i feel like i get so stressed i feel that shooting yeah the guitar stuff is very relaxing oh and daniel played drums uh as david wallace's son in the office right. too he was playing that's drums. right that's what's bugging me because he the kid can play so i'm just like let's rent a rehearsal room you just need sticks like every rehearsal room comes with the set and then i'll just plug in I brought some pedals and stuff. I was like, we're, we're golden. Like, what? And he's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. He'd rather just call and call me all the time as he does. And we'll just walk around the, uh, Vancouver or something and go get wings. Uh, <laughs> but he never wants to go play. So frustrating. And finally, I know you're a big advocate for the Wounded Warrior Project. Yep. How did your involvement with that start? I, and and I wanted to ask you, I know your character in Upload has a, a military background. Was that something you wanted to bring to the character or did it just happen to be like that? It happened to be like that. You know, he, uh, I, Greg had thrown that in there as kind of some backstory. And uh, yeah, I, I've, I've always had like this, it's not i hesitate to say strange it's not strange at all it's just like it's very specific that uh connection with um vets because of sirens because so many vets go into go into ems so uh i got a lot of that and then also like when the season came out for uh upload for season one i got a lot of vets being like oh it's like my buddy from the army or you know this dude you know this and that which i thought was really cool and this time around you know we had a much more I get much more, at least way more than first season, we had a more traditional press, um, you know, circuit this time around with the outlets and everything. So I, I just wanted to kind of do something that was maybe a little bit more outside myself and altru altruistic. So uh, that seemed very natural, which was, which was really cool. So I had raised money with them before when I had done a Tough Mudder in like 2015. Uh, I have a, a, a friend of mine who, um, did two tours that I grew up with uh two tours in afghanistan and uh -huh. um and i i talked to him a little bit about his service and about um you know and i can say this he said that i could uh but you know he had some ptsd and some difficult times coming home and just felt kind of like it was very difficult for him to kind of navigate the va and all that so i kind of thought it would be a really cool opportunity to kind of align with them and uh, i sent them a instagram message and they were pumped about it so we had some Zoom sessions and some meetings and kind of spitballed some ideas. Um, I'm running a Tough Mudder this Saturday and I've raised some money, but in a, uh, I think I've raised a lot more uh, awareness, uh, which has been cool because I've been doing some interviews with vets on my Instagram. That's been that, that, like once a week with someone who's in Wounded Warrior, who has worked with Wounded Warrior or whatnot. It's been really cool, very informative for me, but it's been been really neat. I say, I've heard 
especially for people coming back and kind of getting reintegrated into, for lack of a better term, normal life can be mm-hmm. difficult, especially depending on what you saw while you were serving, wherever you were serving. So that's a really yeah, good... Yeah, I think it kind of plays into Luke's pluckiness is that, you know, he's he has this really dark backstory that, you know, like not only did he lose his legs and got so bad off that he killed himself to upload, that there's this, you get tidbits of bits and pieces of his, his service record and that he was, he was kind of like their you know, commanding officer to a few people. And uh, he kind of used humor to kind of keep everything light with them and cheer them up. As Jesse says in, in, in this season, you know, his buddy. So I think you kind of get the idea that maybe Luke is trying to fight some of that darkness off by trying to be funny and keep things light. And, you know, uh, I'm curious to see what they do with that because it just seems like they're being increasingly rooted. But from the Wounded Warrior standpoint, you know, I, I talk to so many people who talk about these invisible wounds and they have this mentality that, well, don't help me help the, help the guy or, 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 or the, the, or girl who's missing a, a limb. That's, that's, that's the face of wounded warrior. And it's like a lot of some of these vets, they just, they hole up in, in, in a cabin in the woods where with nobody around and they don't, they think that that's kind of fighting their way through it. And they have this mentality of rub some dirt on it. And uh, you know, just deal with it, walk it off kind of thing. And that's kind of what they're conditioned to do. Um, you know, that's kind of what has to happen to, to go into battle. You have to have some kind of tough mindset, but sure. it doesn't really, it's not conducive to great mental health. So, you know, those invisible wounds, that's been a, 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 a big learning experience for me, but uh, those are very, very real. That's a great project to be involved in. That's, that's awesome that's that cool. you're doing that and bringing, you know, that kind of awareness to it. Thanks, man. The dichotomy, I didn't even think about this, between your character Luke's, like, backstory and then his general goofiness when he's, you know, with his friends in the upload world. I imagine for you, too, to explore that moving forward is something that is pretty uh, intriguing for the character and for the show. Yeah, and it's something that, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm just happy that Wounded Warrior has been cool with me doing it, and... um, and it's something that I would really like to continue as long as the show continues. Mm-hmm. And as long as the wounded warrior will have me that I can just, you know, keep doing it because uh, it feels like selfishly, it feels like it gives me something to fight for, mm-hmm. for, uh, for them, you know, when I'm doing press rather than just kind of promoting yourself or promoting the show. And it's like, Oh, Hey, you know, like I am doing something kind of, kind of good um, doing, doing something that feels a little less selfish. Um, than your own kind of success or whatever. Dude, I appreciate the time. Hopefully upload season three soon. We'll see you as Batman, right? Uh, Yep. Yep. Different director, whole new spin. Yep. It's going to be a comedy. Right. So that's exciting. Yeah. It's going to be way more campy and like kind of like the 60s show with, you know, (laughs) yeah, Adam West. That's what we're going for. If it ends up on Wikipedia, I'll edit it out for you. But, dude, I appreciate it and uh, all the continued success, especially with Upload and the work that you're doing with the Ruined Warrior Project. That's amazing. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, and we'll do it again, hopefully, when we get another.